Welcome to Triple T, that is Top 10 Talks, where we bring you Top 10 everything. Sports, movies, TV, celebrities, food, and much more. Get ready for another list with our hosts, Adam and Chris, here on this week's episode of Top 10 Talks. What is going on, everybody? Back here with another episode of Top 10 Talks. This week is Dad and I. We are doing the top 10 songs that never charted number one. We're talking about number twos, runners up. How's it going, Dad? We're talking about the shit. Yeah, dude. The Bonos. <laughs> the Katie Kirk. No, what's, what's the South Park one? The, the... It's Bono. He's always number two. Yeah, the... the... Remember they were they they measured somebody's massive shits in curricks. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and uh, Stan's dad, Stan's dad 30, takes the largest shit. Curricks. <laughs> it became sentient. It was Katie Couric. Uh, uh, this was an interesting list. Like, yeah. Um, a lot of, a lot of the music stuff comes from the professor of rock. And if you haven't had a chance to watch him on YouTube, it's amazing. The, like the wealth of information this guy from Idaho has is fucking phenomenal. Um, he's a couple years younger than I am. So he grew up, him and I grew up in the same age and listened to a lot of the same. Music. So I also, his name is Adam too. So I identify with him. A lot. Yeah, man, he's a, um, He's an encyclopedia. It's crazy. The information. And then the, some of the, like some of the interviews that he does with these fucking artists, I'm like, God damn, like that's crazy. Some of the people he ends up getting on his show. Yeah. But I mean, that's what's kind of cool about him is that he's not a, he doesn't strike me as a musician. He strikes me as a fan. Right. And that's, and that's totally it. Like he just, and you know, when you listen to any of his openings, that's what you hear. He's like, Hey, if you've ever loved, and then he he rolls in, you know, rolls into, you know, nostalgia about this generation or that he's like, then this is this, then this is the channel for you. Yeah. He, um, Oh, what was it? He did a, he did a, his concert series in Utah or wherever it was at. Um, well, not that I was, he's, he had done a string of, um, of videos on, uh, Led Zeppelin really recently. Oh, yeah. Like he's been like doing he a lot of Zeppelin. Just do a search on and then put in any artist. And... Yeah. Um, the other, <clears throat> the other guy that's kind of like him, but is like from a more, musician perspective rather than a fan is Rick Beato who actually found through um professor of rock professor of rock like they kind of had they kind of their algorithms kind of run in in parallel they're like oh if you like this then you'll like this yeah so I mean if if anybody's kind of interested in seeing they both kind of run in the same lane but they have different perspectives like sure um so they'd be like me enjoying movies and you breaking down what's wrong with the movie. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Um, so, uh, I, this was, it was interesting. 
especially because um, one of the one of the places I found had the songs that kept this like massively popular song out of the number one spot. Mm. And number one will fucking floor you. Okay, so then let's let's kind of dive into that. So you were picking the songs that charted number two that were more popular than the number one pick. So you're, you were basically pick, picking the, the ones that you would expect to win number one. Right. Like, well, and the whole thing about this list though, is you're surprised that these songs didn't hit number one. Okay. Right. But then I found a site that was like, Oh yeah, we're surprised that like the song didn't, reached number one and here's the song that fucking kept it out. And my number one, not only is it a surprise that it didn't hit number one, but the fucking song that kept it out of the number one spot will blow your fucking mind away. It's just going to melt your fucking soul. <laughs> That's okay. you're like, no fucking way. Okay. Like that, like it's, it's that level of like, are you fucking kidding me? So. Um, okay. Top 10 songs that charted number two. Charted number deuce. Whenever you're ready, dad, let her rip. I'm ready. Okay. So uh, that's going to be. I'm going to go with. Okay. So this one is my number 10 is is um, Jerry Rafferty's Baker Street. Baker Street. Go ahead and pull it up and listen to it. Yeah, give me a second here. Instantly recognizable for anybody who's really into 70s rock. Jerry Rafferty, Baker Street. Uh, okay. All you fucking need. Super 70s. You don't know this song? Oh, okay. <laughs> you know this song. Yes. I <laughs> yes, I do. Okay. And I can I can just picture like you, me, and Devony rolling in the fucking Explorer windows down and this song fucking bumping on my fucking on my system in that truck i mean this is this is something that like this is like a very jack fm kind right of. like it's this is like quintessential 70s they mix in that fucking saxophone like that saxophone just fucking kicks yeah okay uh, I, I yeah i definitely know this song okay so like this song like again i love this particular song i'm not a huge jerry rafferty fan yeah, but I love this fucking song. I mean, he has a couple other decent hits, but this is like, bam, like that's the fucking song for him. And the fucking song, I, I guess there's a big long fucking drama thing about the number one song and the political bullshit in the fucking in the world that kept Jerry Rafferty out of the number one spot. The number one song that kept him kept Jerry Rafferty out of the number one spot was. Andy Gibbs Shadow Dance. <laughs> uh. 
Like, that's the song that keeps Baker Street from reaching the door. <laughs> <laughs> like, like uh, this is like the two halves of the 70s fighting each other. <laughs> It's this this the awesome fucking seventies rock battling against fucking disco. <laughs> oh God! But that's uh, fucking hilarious. I, I just Dennis Leary is just right bombarding my brain right now. Right. And you know what hell is, folks? It's Andy Gibb singing shadow dancing for eons. In eons. This is gonna suck. Find yourself sitting next to the Bay City Rollers. Yeah, this is gonna suck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's that's my number. That's my number ten. This like, is gonna be a good one. Jim, <laughs> uh, hold on a second. Shadow dancing. Gotta, we gotta, we gotta listen. We gotta, we gotta. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's almost like he takes some like. Romani fucking song and disco fives it like yeah like that's how terrible that song is <laughs> I mean but but like I, all the all of those songs sound just they all sound exactly the same well yeah that was it was the disco sound like ugh. it was terrible <laughs> oh yeah yeah so that that's my number 10 I gotta find my number um, I want to put that one a little higher up. Uh, number nine, number nine, number nine, and a niner nine is going to be the Kingsman. The Kingsman Louis Louis achieves number two status. So I mean, everybody knows the song. Louis Louis, oh baby, we gotta go. So everybody knows that song, Louis Louis. Ever charted number one. Even with the like four different revivals that song has fucking felt throughout the years because that song comes out in like the 50s. Motorhead obviously does the absolute best cover. Sure. No, serious. They did a cover and it's fucking excellent. <laughs> well, I'm sure. Like. Okay, who does, who's it lose to? So it loses to the singing nuns, Dominique. Okay. Singing I nuns think... kept the ultimate party song out of the number. I think I know this song, Dominique. And I'm sorry, it was in 1963 is when that song came out. Like nuns, nuns, ruler wielding, knuckle slapping. <laughs> Hold on a second here. What the fuck? Dominique, 
There are so many movies. <laughs> like, I know the song, but it's just, I mean, to th- <laughs> again, we have two. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> go ahead and play Louie Louie. Again, the ultimate house party fucking song. That and Steppenwolf, like, those are the two songs that have endured. Yeah, I mean, like very um, <clears throat> starkly very, different. Very different. <laughs> starkly different, right? Complete opposites, and somehow throughout the ages, because that song has been revised and revitalized so many times. Oh yeah, it still never hit number one. Wow! But the ultimate humiliation—it's kept out by God. <laughs> well, the Lord is undefeated. Yeah. Right. The Lord shall win. Okay. Uh, only because I'm not a huge fan. Uh, I, you know, I do know, I, I do know the artist. I just, um, and I do like her stuff, but Kelly Clarkson's Since You've Been Gone, huge fucking hit, right? Never right. reached number one. And the song that keeps it from the number one spot Candy shop. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> you know why? Because every middle schooler in the early 2000s is listening to Candy Shop instead. Right, versus, you know, all the, you know. All the broken, broken up with 20-somethings. Right. But yeah, that, so that's, uh, go ahead and play um, Since You've Been Gone. Right, right, right. Yeah. I mean, everybody knows. Ah, uh, Kelly Clarkson. I mean, I'm approaching 50 years old and I know the fucking song. Or don't. Right. Right. Like, it's, it's catchy. It can get you a little, you know, pumped up. Yeah, like, let's go cry to my pillow. <laughs> the lyrics, it's kind of a depressing song. It's just got a good upbeat to it. Versus Candy Shop. Welcome to the Candy Shop. You can have it your way. How do you want it? You're going back to the spot. Oh, here we go. Okay. I take you to the Candy Shop. I mean, it's, 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 it's classic 50 cent. What do you want? Right. Like, I mean, again, <laughs> he has a, a very distinct sound. It's not like, it's not like he's rush where every new album, they reinvent their fucking sound. Right. It's 50 cent and it's catchy and sounds great. But just to think that since you've been gone, 
never reached number one. It's interesting. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> if you look at the trajectory of their careers, um, I would say that 50 Cent's gone more into... Well, they, they've both kind of gone along the same path where like they get out of music, they go into producing and, and sort of doing other things. Daytime TV. Whatever. Right, right. But... They both knew that like the money wasn't in singing. Right. Singing is what launched their career, got them famous, and then they took that fame and rolled it into other things to keep them in a much better life. Sure. Sure. So that's was that number eight. Ocho? ESPN eight. The Ocho. Ocho. Man, I can't get enough of this stuff. Um, Lance Armstrong. And I love you. Um, we'll go with, I got to click over to a different site. I'm going to have that song stuck in my head now. Which one? Candy shop. <laughs> so whenever I hear candy shop, I really think of candy girl. So I think of dogma. Because that's the song that fucking Selma Hayek comes out dancing to as the stripper. Remember? Candy girl. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Okay, <laughs> so we'll go, um, so we're number seven. We'll go with uh, Gundam style. That was, that feels like it was so long ago. Right. 2012. Jesus. 11 years ago. It has over 3.5 billion views on YouTube. <laughs> and it only hit number two on the billboard charts. And kept out by One More Night, Maroon 5. What? Wait a minute. Isn't that the... Didn't they... Wasn't that a cover? One more night. For, for Maroon 5? Oh, no. Never mind. I don't know the song. Uh, I, I remember this song, but yeah. Really? That is surprising. That Gangnam style. Gangnam style. Loses. Loses to Maroon 5's, some fucking Maroon 5 song. I've never heard it. Gangnam 
<laughs> this, oh the video, this video is like, <laughs> it is so cheesy, so right. campy, but it's so fucking funny, man. Right. Which is why it has 3.5 billion fucking views on it. It's actually, what is it? Cause you're on YouTube right now, right? 4.7 billion views right. in 10 years. And four, that's what? 470 million views a year. I mean, this is just, yeah. See, and I don't, I don't know that I know lady antebellum need you now. Um, wait, that was, that was the, wait, is that your number six lady antebellum? Oh, well, I or... need to hear the song. I know who Lady Antebellum is, but it's one of those things where, like, I probably know the song, but don't know that it's Lady Antebellum. Hold on a second. <clears throat> what the? God damn it, YouTube. No, I don't want to subscribe to YouTube Red. Go away. Uh, you said it was Lady Antebellum. What? Uh, get back. Lady Antebellum. Uh, need you now. Right. Need you now. Maybe it's because they're so demanding. Rude. Right. Do you, do you, do you recognize it now? Not at all. Oh not yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I recognize this song for but it, sure. It, it's not. It, so where are we on seven or six? Six. Six. Uh, six is going to be uh, backstreet boys in 1996. Quit playing games with my heart was held out by two different artists. So two different artists hold the backstreet boys out of the number one spot. First one uh, is do to do to do. Uh, the Notorious Big, or B-I-G, Mo Money, Mo Problems, and Mariah Carey's Honey. Mariah Carey's, like, that's not even a good Mariah Carey song. Honey keeps the Backstreet Boys quit playing games with Mark. Like, Avery's losing his shit right now. <laughs> Telling you. Avery's fucking going bonkers. He's like, what? The boys got held out? Right? What the fuck? Go ahead and play uh quit playing games with Mart. Yeah, this is like this is like classic Backstreet Cla Boys. Fucking boy band. Well, second gen boy band. <clears throat> This is not the actual. There we go. Jesus. Oh, 
Yeah. And it's held out by now Mo Money Mo Problems. That's a good I, song, man. I can kind of understand. Pull that up. Like mid nineties, notorious B.I.G. Like he was fucking hot. And this, yeah, dude. Come on, this this song, this song's fucking excellent. I don't know about this one, man. Right again, you kind of expect the like again. Notorious B.I.G. was fucking golden. Like he he's almost on the level of. You know, Pip farting on a snare drum. There we go. Okay. Come on, man. No, and that's something like that one. That one's understandable. But so honey, think, I don't know, man. Fucking honey, honey leapfrog Backstreet Boys to keep to keep them out of the number one spot. Um, this is silly. They're like this mission the code name honey. I got something for you, Oh, you know why? It's the music video. This absolutely this makes this makes so much sense. If you watch the music video, you're like, oh, I get it. I know why it's number one. Oh, because she's scantily clad. Because this is a hot video, dude. Well, I mean, you, you know, it's that 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 crazy hot scale, like, right? She is fucking bonkers, but is crazy fucking. Hot. <laughs> uh. That's the Barney Stinson crazy hot scale. Yes. Okay. It's all making sense now. But yeah, dude, quit playing Gives in My Heart. Right. Classic like, boy band. Like, how to, like, again, it keeps you, you would think that more, more like teeny bop girls and what, at 96, I'm 21, like, that song got played at every fucking bar I went to. Yeah. And that still, it still didn't hit number one. Um, oh, oh yeah. man. Let's jump back over. Number five. Number five. This is a uh, standard bearer. Standard bearer. This is what is we're looking for. Waiting for a girl like you by foreigner. Oh, 10 fucking weeks this song was at number two. Okay. Like that, like 10 weeks, 10, 10, 10 years. No, 10 weeks. Uh, sorry, I was doing my... Journey. I gave it a, uh, a 10. ten. A 10. A fucking 10. A fucking 10. Um, I've been waiting. 
for a girl like you. I mean, this is okay. First off, it's foreigner, so I mean, right. uh, you but know, not, every karaoke bar is right packed with foreigner. But again, foreigner was like, uh, again, foreigner is like hip farting on a snare drum and it goes gold. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, you, basically. Don't get reference, go watch it, your head. I ain't farting on no snare drum. Well, my, my drum set's a guy, so that makes you gay. Gay, okay, right? Yeah, dude. That song for 10 weeks is held out of the number one spot. Nine of those 10 weeks it's held out by Olivia Newton John's physical. <laughs> Go ahead and pull that song up. God. It's, it physical is like a it's like an earworm song. Right. It's a song that like, you hate, but the song loves the you, but more. you hate the song. Right. And then you see the video again if you go and watch the fucking music. Like, oh, okay. I get it. I understand why. Because it's Olivia Newton John in fucking spandex. Torturing this poor fat guy. Right. <laughs> Torturing the poor fat guy. Right? <laughs> dude, seriously. Oh. <laughs> I get it, dude. This <laughs> this video. <laughs> the opening scene is right. like is like an Arnold Schwarzenegger knockoff like doing a workout routine in a banana hammock. Right. Uh, so to everyone. Here we go. And it like it is literally her just like berating fat people in a gym, right? Like she's like screaming it at them, and they're all like, right. they're like <laughs> trying to work out. And they're like, <laughs> like think Weird Al fat, like oh, like oh yeah. my god, yeah, <laughs> we're out of breath. Like in the <clears throat> the music, you gotta love the fucking and it's game. like it's like this weird like. Uh, Gordon Gecko, like black tile, right? Like checkerboard room, right? Because that was the early '80s. Like it's like this. It's like it's like a. It's like they put a gym in a bathroom, right? <laughs> because again, that was the style, and like that fuck, like that checkerboard style in various colors. Red and black was like the most famous. Yeah, but this this one white. is like is like a it's like an oddly reflective black tile. Right. And she's got that big poofy hair. Yep. And the pink spandex and the white headband and right. Yeah, dude. Cause it was the early eighties and everybody wore headbands. <laughs> Even when you weren't working out, are you going to work out? No, that's just how I look. 
Um, and then the 10th week, it was held out by Holland Oates. I can't go for that. I can't go for that. No. That's the worst Holland Oates song there is. Right? Like, that's like, ugh. Go ahead and pull up that song. Like, and again, I get the music video and Olivia Newton-John's hotness is what keeps the nine weeks. But Holland Oates, those two doofy-looking motherfuckers. Come on. Oates had a great mustache. Yeah, that rivaled Freddie Mercury's. It's it it the synth is so great on in this song right. though. Uh, I okay. I kind I kind of forgot about this song. I can I, mean, I can sort of understand it. Right, because I mean it's eighty synth. But just, I mean, you think Foreigner is this like massive powerhouse band. Right. And to think that like their, their big ballad hit never made it to number one because of Olivia Newton-John and Hall and & Oates. <sighs> Ten weeks. <clears throat> you, I mean, think about that. For every week you're going, right, we shot up to number two. We're going to get, we're not to number one yet. We'll get it next week. <laughs> We'll get it next week. <laughs> Their manager keeps getting these calls. Is it this week? No. Is it this week? No. No. <laughs> I was like, man, Olivia Newton-John's really kind of, well, I got good news and I got bad news, boys. What's that? Olivia Newton-John is no longer number one. Yes, we're number one. Number one is now Hall & Oates. Damn it. Son of a bitch. <laughs> like, they I, fucking throwing phones and shit. I knew we had to suck somebody's dick. Right. Whose dick do we got to suck? Uh, it's too late, boys. They've moved on. Uh, <laughs> but the Professor Rock Shack actually did uh, talk to a couple of, about the specific song um, a few weeks back. Uh, what, the like, Hall & Oates song or no, 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 Waiting the, for a Girl Like You? Waiting for a Girl Like You. And they were like, you know, after the third week, like, we didn't even care anymore. Like, I mean, think about we held the number two spot for 10 weeks. Yeah, I mean, that's an accomplishment. Like, so what that we didn't make number one? They're like, you know, after the two or three weeks of not hitting number one, you just don't care. Like, psh, number two is still just as good. Right. <clears throat> that's like Snapple's whole thing back in the 90s. Like, we're the number three beverage seller in, <laughs> in the world. We're happy with number three. <laughs> we will take number three. Ah, oh, all righty. Now we're, that's, that's your standard bear right there, foreigner. Okay. Okay. I like it. Um, get back to my other page. Do, 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 no, wrong page. Okay. So, uh, we will go with, um, we will go with, uh, this isn't just in three, four, three, four. I'm going to go Marvin Gaye's What's Going On. She's number two status. 
Okay. And is held out by Three Dog Nights, Joy to the World. Mm. And I love both of these songs. Man, that's a... Yeah, I don't know. Love both of these songs. Yeah. But to think that Marvin Gaye... You know, Marvin Gaye right along there with Barry White have helped fathered so many children in this country. <laughs> and to think that what's going on didn't didn't reach it. Didn't make it. Missed the ball by that much. Um, didn't make it because Three Dog Night held them out. It's understandable because... Three Dog Nights, Joy to the World is an amazing song. Yeah. Nobody knows it by that name. Everybody knows it by the Jeremiah Was a Bullfrog song. But. His voice is just so amazing. Yeah, not only that, but it's like <clears throat> it was kind of part of that whole like anti-war, right? Like love is love is the answer we should be looking right. for, right? Um, you know, released in a in a very turmoil-filled time in in our country's mm-hmm. sure, you know, just preaching love and peace, and to think that. What was that? And, and the song that keeps it out is. Go ahead. Jeremiah was a bullfrog. Was a good friend of mine. I never understood a single word he said, but I helped him a drink his wine. It's my joy to the world. I mean, I don't know, man. That's, that's a, I mean, that's a really good pick, dad. Right. And that's what I'm like, that's why I like four. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm really torn on that one. My, man. my top five, my top five are got like, again, foreigner sets. Like that's the standard bearer right there. No, for sure. Then you come in with Marvin Gaye, like, Oh, Marvin Gaye. Uh, but I mean, joy to the world is such a, well, look, hold on. So I'm going to, I'm going to swap that. It's such a great radio song is what it is. It, right. And that's, you know, 
I'm actually going to swap my three and four. So what okay. sh- number three, what should be not, what is number four is Gnarls Barkley's crazy. Okay. Okay. Held out of the number one spot by Fergie's London Bridge. <laughs> okay. Fergie's London Bridge. Like, it's not even a good dance. Like, so it's not like people are listening to this fucking song in the club. It's not something you're going to be driving down the street with a top-down blast and freeze London Bridge. How the fuck, like, oh, my God. Like, it's a terrible fucking Fergie song. And somehow this song kept Gnarled Barkley's crazy. And the video for this is actually really interesting. It's amazing. like amazing. It's like, an amazing fucking video. So visually, like, you're like, damn, like this fucking video is cool. As yeah, shit. It's, I mean, it's basically a Rorschach test. It's a three-minute right. long Rorschach test. Right, which goes right along with the song title, like crazy, yeah. like, holy fuck. And then fucking London Bridge. And then it's kept out by London Bridge by Fergie. Like, if this isn't a testament of like. Okay, everything that Fergie touches is gold. Let's put this piece of shit out there and see if it goes nowhere. <laughs> you know what? I give up. So here we go. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a turd. <laughs> That is 97 <laughs> Kurix right there. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Fuck me, man. Like, the music like, sucks. fucking kidding me? That massive fucking song, Crazy, by Gnarls Barkley, gets held up by that piece of shit from fucking... Like, I stopped, like, because Noah and I were listening to these this morning, and I stopped at, the, like, 125 in. I'm like, I not, no, I'm done listening to this fucking song. The song is terrible. Mm. Uh, so number three, uh, we already talked about that was what's going Marvin on. Gaze, Joy yeah. to the Marvin Gaze, what's going on? Held out by Joy to the World. Um, number two, where did number deuce go? Number deuce, uh, number deuce, Dr. Dre, featuring Snoop Dogg, nothing but a G thing. All right, this one's this one's gonna fucking get you. It is held out by and former by Snow. The white Canadian rapper held out Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre. Wait, hold on. And I, I, I like. Okay, hold on. I gotta listen to this. I don't know if I've ever heard this song. What? Why?
I hate this guy already. Right. And like when it was played on the radio and you hadn't seen the video yet, like, okay, I can get down to this reggae rap. Like this is fucking cool. And then you find out the guy's from Toronto and then you find out the guy is fucking white. And he held out Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg from the number one spot with their most famous song between the two of them. Ain't nothing but a G thing. I mean, I don't even know if I need to play that song. Everybody knows it. Right. You still got to play but it. I'm gonna. <laughs> Ain't nothing but a G thing. Oh, stupid. YouTube. Stop it. God, why does it keep wanting me to? Google needs your money. I guess. Rat bastards. album was amazing. One, two, three into the four. Snoop Doggy Dog and Dr. Dre is at the door. Ready to make an entrance, so back on up. Cause you know we're about to rip shit up. Give me the microphone first so I can bust like a bucket lieutenant. Ain't no pussy good enough to get like that. And oh, here we go. like this and like that. Drop off a proper chunk. I take a small piece of some of that funky stuff. It's like this and like that and like this and uh. It's like that and like this and like that and uh. It's like this and like that and like this and uh. Drake creep to the mic like a fan. Yeah, man. I mean, like that song gives me chills. Like that's how much I love that fucking song. That I mean, this this whole album is excellent. Right. The Chronic, the Chronic album, is so good. Oh, so fucking good. So fucking good. And to think that that white fucking reggae <laughs> wanting informer piece of like, ah. yeah, you know, I, uh, I guess. So I, <clears throat> you know, looking through the comments on YouTube, I found this link, I guess, uh, there's a certain neighborhood in Toronto that had a very large Jamaican population. Right. And, and, and I guess, I there, guess he grew up in this neighborhood. No, and, I get it. You know, he, right. So I, I mean, I, I mean, it's not like he's, it's not like he's posing. The no, song still sucks. He, he sang what he knew. Right. Right. Okay. Definitely I not, definitely not my music for sure. Like if I'm going to listen to, you know, uh, Reggae. Something reggae-esque. I'm just going to listen to fucking uh, Sublime or something like that, you know? But, I mean, they're just, it's, I mean, this guy was so fucking popular, and then everybody fucking lost their shit when they found out that he was a white guy from Toronto. Right. Okay. On to my number one. Before we hit number one, what's your honorable mention? Um, I have <clears throat> tools vicarious loses the number one spot in 2006 to red hot chili peppers, Danny, California, Danny, California. I don't know that song. Oh, you, you've, you've heard it for sure. Hold on a second. Um, here we go. The music video for this is hilarious too. Here we go. 
<laughs> Hold on. Flea might be one of the most entertaining musicians of all time. He really is. Like Flea is fucking hilarious, dude. <laughs> uh, I mean, do do you remember hearing this song now? Oh yeah, yeah. I like I'd have to hear I just didn't know it's called Danny California. Yeah, and then Vicarious. I mean, it's not a, it's if if Vicarious is going to lose to a song, it might as well be something like that. But uh, let's see. I mean, uh, it's understandable why Tool loses to uh, right Red Hot Chili Peppers, but you know, get your song. Well, and it, it it's also a seven minute song because it's fucking Tool, so you know it's not going to get as much play on the radio either. Uh, the themes are also completely opposite, so you know, again, I can understand why Tool loses from like a. Uh, uh, mass media perspective, but it's a it's fucking tool. So you know, got to put it up there. And right. I know, I know if if you know Avery's going to lose his shit about the Backstreet Boys, then you right. know we might Joey. as well nod the cap to Joey to lose his shit over Tool. Right. So apparently, he chose to be pampered over than spending time with the boys. So, uh, what is he like getting his nails done or something? What? I don't know, maybe Elijah's fucking experimenting on him on some new fucking treatment. I don't know. Hell yeah, brother. When, when you, you know, when your wife's an esthetician, you got to fucking pony up and sacrifice. <laughs> I mean, I love a good manicure, don't get me wrong. Like, my fucking cuticles and shit. Like, um, And I've been that way since I was in my early 20s. Actually, since before. Before then, my late teens, I had a girlfriend in high school that would like push back my cuticles and take care of my cuticles, and I just got into it. I'm like, fuck yeah, this this feels nice. Um, so I've just kind of always made made the ladies in my life take care of that. And Joe's like, nope, not doing it. Let's go to the fucking nail salon. All right, fine. <laughs> so go to the nail salon and pay some tiny little Asian woman to do it for me. Well, you know. I don't know if I would trust you to do that to me either. Uh, I'm not trying to do it for anyone, but I'll pay a little tiny Asian woman to take care of it for me. Oh, I thought you meant like you were, oh, never mind. Whatever. All right. What's, <laughs> what's your honorable? Uh, Shania Twain's you're still the one. Okay. Reaches number two. And is held out by The Boy Is Mine by Brandy and Monica. Mm. Now, this is a time in 98 where Shania Twain, this is off her first fucking album, right? 
this is the album that this you is know, like her this big is the album. Yeah. We're still together, still going strong. Still, you're still the one I run to, the one that I belong to. You're still the one I want for life. Yeah. Like fucking classic Shania Twain. Right. Like, oh my God. And again, that video is she's fucking a smoke show. Oh yeah. So even with that bomb ass video, Shania Twain's rocking fucking buddy, great fucking song, and it's held out by Brandy and Monica's "The Boy Is Mine." <laughs> the boy is the boy is the boy is mine. Here's Chris seriously typing away. Sorry, I dropped my pen and then I mean, like, um, R&B, I mean, the 90s was a great time for R&B, man. Right. I mean, so, I can I can understand the okay. uh, the battle between, like, 90s country and 90s R&B. Right, because, was, I mean, when you I talk mean, about country... The like, 90s are so big. In the such a big country. decade. So fucking huge. Garth Brooks... Brooks and Dunn, like, you know. Toby Keith, Toby uh, Keith. Shania Twain, uh, Reba, I mean. Reba. Dude. So many. Randy Travis. I yeah. Mean, so huge fucking artist. Um, so on that note, I have one more uh, honorable mention. Oh, okay. And this is the, this is the opposite um, with, with Missy Elliott's work in it. Spent 10 weeks on at number two position. Held out by Eminem's Lose Yourself. Hmm. That's interesting. You know, I think, God, that's a really tough pick. You know, uh, I think, I think maybe... I think my dad might have picked up that yeah, call. Sorry, I had to mute my work phone. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So I, th yeah, I think, I think that's a really, that's a really great pick, Dad. I don't. Again, we can like we're only an hour into it, so we can we can debate. But like, did you pull up? So she, so the whole thing about um, 
Because that, like that was because uh, Lose Yourself, that was when 8 Mile came out, right? I believe so, yeah. It was, and, it was like, the, uh, like that album came out. 2002. In like either right before or during 8 Mile's release. So, I mean, I can understand why that song would have charted the way it did, but Missy Elliott was huge. Yeah, like this is off of her Under Construction album. Yeah. 2002, like, again, this is like that whole Bon Jovi thing. Like, doesn't matter what fucking song we put out there. It's going fucking, it's skyrocketing, and right? And this is actually dead. This, this, that particular song, Work It, was actually, uh, the video for the song featured uh, Allison Stone as the lead child dancer, and it is dedicated to Leah and Lisa Left Eye Lopez, who were both recently killed. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Right. So there's, I mean, there's a dedication process to other very famous female singers in the industry. Um, but it's held out by lose yourself now of the Eminem songs. Right. Cause what's, I mean, I guess that, it, I guess that would be his most popular song. I don't know if it's his best song. I don't, I do. Uh, so let's play Missy Elliott first. But I mean, like the most radio friendly. So he doesn't have a lot of like radio friendly songs right, that like, are really good. Is that the one where? That's the, that's the, like that's like the thematic Eight Mile song. Hold on a second here. Let's play the Missy Elliott first. Yeah, right. I mean, this is the, yeah, this is like when I think of Missy Elliott, I actually think of this song. Yeah, me too. Like, like Missy Elliott. This is the first song that jumps to mind. Right. But first. you know, I I can understand why. Uh, you know, when people think of Eminem, like this is probably the first song that comes to mind as well. So yeah. Trying to like. It's one of the things that it's a toss up like. Yeah, that's a tough pick, man. That's a really good pick. And you're just like, like, Fuck. like, yeah, I, I don't know. Cause this is like, I'll listen to the Missy Elliott one, but if lose yourself comes up, I'm cranking that shit. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. You know, I, I, I think I would, I would side with Missy here just because I mean, lose yourself was so overplayed. Oh, it was. and it's just like, I've heard it a million times. And it's one of those songs that, that I don't know if I really have the stamina to listen, listen to it many more times. You know what I mean? It's, it's a really good song though. So I understand it why Very it would chart number one. And again, I, I'm pretty sure that this, 
song was released with was, the film. Yeah, it's it which, came, which uh, adds to its popularity, which again is like it's kind of a song that doesn't really stand by itself as a song in that right. sense. So I, I would kind music, of side with Missy. I think the music video for this actually came out before the movie. It, I, I mean, it might have, yeah. I believe that's how it went down is the the video comes out first. It's everybody hyped for the fucking movie. And then that movie just blows up. Right. Uh, yeah, because it, it released early Oscar season 2002. That was November. Yeah, first week of November. November 8th, 2002. That's the movie? That's the film, yeah. Film, okay. And then... Release date. Let's see here. Um, October 2002. So, yeah. Yeah, you're right. It released just before. It was basically a a, a marketing... Yeah, which I mean, like, not that's real. That's fucking smart, dude. That's really smart. Well, right, and you know, so when it's a loose adaptation of Marshall's life, yeah, um, and he wants to really get that going. So yeah, I mean, marketing team was fucking smart. They actually could, probably could have released it like the month before. And really just driven at home, maybe a little, but a couple weeks before the movie comes out and the movie is a smash hit. Yeah. Uh, didn't it win Oscars too? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it did. Um, I want to say it won the best music score and best director. Yeah, hold on a second. Uh, 16 nominations. Yeah, best best music, original song. Um, yeah, it's the only Academy Award that it won was music. Right. But it it won a lot of it won a Golden Globe. Uh, won a Grammy. Um, I guess right, like, it, like the song itself swept every fuck, like it took everything down yeah. that year. Yeah. It won. It was a, it won, it won the MTV music awards. Right. Um, teens choice award. So like all the, basically like all the, um, when it came to music, it won every award. Yeah. Yeah. It swept everything for music. Uh, ex you know, short of, you know, putting it on Broadway and winning a fucking Tony. Basically, yeah. So, I mean, it's understandable why Missy, like that song was just such a huge juggernaut. But you think, again, like like you and I said, like it's, you think Missy Elliott, you think work it. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah. But then, then you go, oh, it came up against Lose Yourself, of course. Right. I mean, and... Arguably, Eminem is like Mount Rushmore of rappers. Right. I mean, top five all-time 
might even be like the greatest rapper of all time. Arguably. Yeah, I mean, that's well, only because it's like, that's a different show. Like we'll, we'll dive, we'll go into that fucking. So Mark, <laughs> that actually down. wouldn't be bad. Yeah. You know, rapper. So mark yeah. that down on our list, but for sure. Um, only because his lyrical style, just pure skill. Right. Like his lyrical style being it. And even Dre said this was like, he would rhyme words together that you didn't think would ever fucking go together. Right. Like that was just his skill. Um, okay. So that's, this brings us to our, our numero uno. Yeah. Yeah. Numero uno. Do, do, do. I just won't talk about that song because uh, depresses me too much. Um, so, Bohemian Rhapsodies. Oh. Means Bohemian Rhapsody. Phenomenal song. When it first released in the 70s, it charts at number four. In 96, Wayne's World comes out. It charts at number two. Okay. So, twice this song has been held out of the number one spot. And it's held out by two little kids that like to wear their clothes backwards. Oh, God. Crisscrosses jump. Right. Fucking jump holds out Bohemian Rhapsody. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Everyone knows fucking Bohemian Rhapsody. Right, so here, let's... Put your hands up, boy. Huh? make you... That song keeps Bohemian Rhapsody out of the number one spot in 1996. I mean, right, dude, it, it's fucking like that is the queen song. Just, I mean, it's like musical genius. I mean, the layers, the absolute layers. And I mean, we can't play the whole song or, or I, I mean, I fucking would, but you know, we'll get, we'll get yanked from Spotify for playing. Right too much music for too long um but like it's if, if you if you look into i can't remember what documentary it was but there was a documentary on queen that i watched oh, i watched that um oh. and they did a deep dive into like the production of it and they were like breaking down layer by layer like what they were doing and like 
all, just like the experimentation in that song and just like the pure right. creativity and genius of it is phenomenal. Cause that's the one where he's, st- where they're talking about how, um, Freddie kept having the other members of the band go in and like basically like sing the highest possible key they can. And he's like, no, I need higher and kept sending them back into the recording, the tiny little recording booth. Right. To keep singing then like try and get the absolute highest pitch out of them that he, that they possibly could. The only thing, the only like that was so jump was the only hit by crisscross. <laughs> they were such a flash in the pan. Right. The only good thing that came out of that song is it launched Jermaine Dupree's production career. Yeah. Like that's, that is the only positive thing to come out of that fucking song. It's catchy, but to think that it kept out Bohemian Rhapsody. A song that charts twice in the top five in 17 years. What song can say that they did that? Yeah, I don't know, man. Not a remix. Not somebody else. No, no, it's 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 the exact same song. That's why I was like, I'm like, okay, maybe, okay. Wow. I could, I, like, I was just blown away. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Jump keeps Bohemian Rhapsody out of the number one spot. Out of all the songs, man. I'd have much rather had Pip farting on the snare drum. <laughs> okay. Snare drum in. Um, let's see here. Okay. So the top 10 songs that charted number two, we have got number 10, Baker Street by Jerry Rafferty loses to Shadow Dancing by Andy Gibb. (laughs) Number nine, Louie Louie loses to Dominique by The Singing Nuns. Um, Number eight, Since You've Been Gone loses to Candy Shop. Number seven, Gangnam Style loses to One More Night. Number six, Quit Playing Games With My Heart loses to Mo Money, More Problems, and Mariah Carey's Honey. Uh, Number five, Waiting for a Girl Like You loses to to Physical, and I Can't Go For That. Number four, What's Going On loses to Joy to the World. Number Oh, no, 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 excuse me. Uh, Number four is Crazy. Uh, Narls Barkley loses to Fergie's London Bridge. And then number three is What's Going On loses to Joy to the World. Number two, Nothing But a G Thing loses to Informer. Uh, number one, Bohemian Rhapsody loses to Jump by Crisscross. That is, that is fucking dumb. I don't, it's, it melts your fucking soul. Like you die a little oh, bit inside. God. Like that's how you're like, fuck. Really? Okay. I mean, honorable. Bohemian Rhapsody never reached number one to begin I, with. Right. Right. But. I mean, but, come on. I mean, who has a movie now? Who has, you know, as much... I, yeah. Queen wins in the end. Um, right. Honorable mentions... A movie about crisscross. You no, know, there fucking ain't. 
Uh, honorable mentions, we got Working It by Missy Elliott Loses to Lose Yourself by Eminem. Uh, You're Still the One by Shania Twain Loses to The Boy Is Mine. Uh, Vicarious Loses to Danny California. So, what is next is the question. And then... And then... No, and then... No, and then... Uh, what do we got? Uh, what's, what's on our list? That's... A good question. Let's see. Oh, we could go draft pick busts. Draft pick busts. Hmm. The draft is coming up. Oh, it is, isn't it? Yeah. Free agency just started. The new NFL season just started, and the draft is what the end of next month, middle of next. Uh, month? yeah. I don't remember the exact date, but it's coming up. It's coming up pretty quickly. It is. Yeah, that's a decent. People like it when you're topical. Typically. I mean, we try and be topical, but we also want to talk about shit that's entertaining to us. Right. I'm trying to find where I put the, uh, I wonder if, I wonder if I accidentally packed. The list? The list. Oh, no, it's in that fucking stack over there. I'm not going to, I'm not going to fucking look through it. Fuck that shit. Um. Are you in your own place now? No, but I will be at the end of the month. Okay. I knew you said you were moving soon, but. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, April's April fool's weekend. The first and the second. That's when I'm out of there. Oh, sweet. Uh, that is WrestleMania weekend and, um, monster jam. So we're going to monster jam and then Sunday we'll watch WrestleMania. Ooh. Hell yeah, brother. Uh, you have my Paramount login, uh, so you could watch it uh, if you wanted to as well. Wait, Paramount is streaming WrestleMania? Yep. Whoa. I thought the WWE was doing like their own... Their own network thing? Yeah. Yeah, they... Um, is it Paramount or is it... No, no, not Paramount. Um, Peacock. Interesting. So the peacock. Um, I think. I think I think I know mom's login for the peacock. <laughs> so, she's gonna be uh, if if she goes on a peacock, she's like, what the who the fuck is watching wrestling on right. my peacock? What did the Chinese steal my login? Right. Um. And that's why I had to like put a password on my fucking. Disney log because somebody kept watching weird fucking shit on my goddamn Disney on my Disney profile. Like, I didn't, I didn't want to watch this movie, and it's not even a kids movie. It's some weird like, You're like uh, the original I, Dumbo. That I would have been fine with. I'm like, okay, one of the kids logged in, you know, wasn't paying attention and logged into my profile. But um, I think draft pick busts is a great topic. Yeah. Right. Draft pick, although that, because didn't we just do a sports one, like, two episodes ago? Uh, yeah, something like that. All right. Because it was, uh, was it uh, NFL moments? Um, that's, uh, that's what it was. It was upsets. Uh, playoff just... upsets. Stupid anchor? I swear, dude. <laughs> They they started doing 
they're like branching out and doing different services. Oh, right. Different things. And so it doesn't like the login page is all fucking con. Which one do you want to log into? I want to fucking log in anchor. Jesus. You know, you're alone. Because when I was talking to Joey, he's like, yeah, I don't see the new one. I'm like, I don't fucking tell you, dude. <laughs> like, it's there. Podcasts. Uh, top 10 talks. Really? Why are yeah, you doing so this to video me? Game franchises oh, that's why. February. And then, yeah, in January we did NFL playoff upsets. There you go. That's what it was. Playoff upsets. Cartoon theme songs. Stuff to waste your money on. It's been a while since we did movies. Yeah, best picture. That was, Jesus, that was Christmas. That was, Yeah, so that was, uh, should have won best picture. Yeah. In June's. Um, movies. Oh, you know what? Oh, we were talking about this the other day. Fuck, what were we talking? It was... Um, oh, it was something to do with horror movies, but I can't remember. You and I were talking about horror movies? No, no, it was Rob and I. Oh, okay. I was like... Um, oh, it was the 80s. That's what it was. 80s I was, horror I was, films? I, no, I was talking about how the 80s was one of the worst decades for for movies. I mean, other than the decade that we're in right now. I mean, the the 2020s and the 2010s are absolutely abysmal for Well, movies. yeah, fucking Marvel ruins it for everyone. Well, it's not just that. It's just that there's there's uh all of all of the the creative juices are directed towards shit that is genuinely not original right everybody's rehashing old shit yeah yeah which uh, is part of that whole that whole like marvel dc sort of like that's part of that big umbrella that like there's a lack of originality right um but yeah we were i was talking about this how the 80s was kind it's not it's not the same as now it's just that there was a lot of camp there was a lot of uh reminiscence of the past there's a lot of um um a lot of like hyper simplicity well right because i mean you have to think back in the 80s we there was still a huge the country was still mostly controlled by the church. Right. Culturally. Sure. Yeah. So it was really easy to write because, you know, when you have these Christian theme undertones, it's easy to play, you know, to paint that out as a protagonist. You just think, Oh, what would the church hate? And then write for that. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I could see that. But, um, I mean, there were, there were like, there were like bright spots, right? So, I mean, you think about like, um, 84, 85, Star Wars, uh, the Terminator, there was a lot of really 
now that I think about it, there was a lot of really great horror in the 70s and 80s. Right, because it was... Like horror films start to suck in the 90s. Right, because, it, again, horror makes this transition away from being story-driven to gore-driven. Right, right. It becomes really... Uh, like Scream. It's kind of like a big, like, well, high, high like point scream. of, like... 90s horror you know or right. like the, or like the late um the late friday the 13th the late freddy krueger the late right. you know it, it all starts it all starts to get sort of repackaged and you know all, all that kind of stuff uh i know what you did last summer uh you know jeepers creepers and stuff like this right like where like where is the originality? Where are the horror films like Chucky? Right. 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 Like when that first one came out, that was, you're like, holy shit. Like, or not, okay. or I mean, not even like, not even like genuine horror films, but there are other, you know, thrillers that were. Well, right. That, that were, they were way more popular in the nineties. Right, because you were seeing the end of the Cold War. Yeah. The world is opening up, so there's a lot more world danger, right? So, a lot, you know, and, yeah. and now you have all this unknown, thi all these unknown things that were being held back, and now they're not. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can even, th like, you know, um, like E.T. 81. You know, like, it's not... It's not a, I, I would say it's not a original idea in that like aliens are always kind of a theme, right? Right. They're always an interest. But again, it's this reminiscence of sort of the, the fifties and sixties, like the interest in, you know, the, the beyond, right? The well, and, and in the end you, it's still. And it's still like a sort of like happy and uplifting and kind of like. Right. So like, why do the aliens have to be so like out to kill us kind of a deal? Why couldn't yeah. it be a friendly alien that likes Reese's Pieces? Because <laughs> fucking Eminem Mars was too fucking stupid to say, yeah, go ahead and put our fucking candy treats in your goddamn movie. Right. Like, so like that fucking executive who shot that down. Had to, Idiot. <laughs> Had to have been fired. Had to have been fired. Hey, man, you know, you uh, you shoot yourself in the foot sometimes, right? You like you break you break the finger on your own hand sometimes. You fucking outkey <laughs> yourself. <laughs> Somebody break my finger. I'm gonna break his finger. Son Dude. of a bitch. <laughs> Old fucking hand. <laughs> um, but so. Uh, we could go with the, the sports one. We haven't done movies in a while. I, you know, I like, I like the draft pick. Busts. All right. That, draft busts. That, in, that intrigues me. It's, uh, it's timely. Right. I think it'll, it'll be fun. You know. Uh, is this one we push off on Joey? Mm, I think he would enjoy it. 
if he's, well, if he's got I, I think, the time. I think we think, uh, Chris and I talked, you have the next list and it's top 10 draft busts. I think, I think he'd be, I think he'd go for it. Right. Well, he's not fucking driving all over the country anymore, so he has no excuse. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Work- yeah. Cause, cause, uh, he's working for Anheuser-Busch. Interesting. He's a beer man, huh? Yeah. Okay. So he he's done by what do you say like two o'clock every day? It's like, you know, five to two or whatever. Right on. And then goes home. You know, uh, family won't miss him as much. I heard that's what it really came down to. That Aubrey was really bummed that he wasn't home. Well, it was that and diesel gas prices are so fucking high that he was making less and less money. Right. So when you're paying $5 a gallon versus even, you know, even $4 a gallon, that dollar extra per gallon when you're filling up, you know, 70, 80 gallons. Right. Into his profit. So, well, not only that, and I'm sure that, um, Bush probably has, you know, some sort of, Fleet, some sort of fleet account that right. he buys the gas through and they get a discount. Well, yeah, so he's working so he's, for, I don't know exactly who he's working for, but, um, you know, he's driving for Budweiser. So he just drives his route, drops off the beer at fucking grocery stores and shit. Right. And then as soon as his route's done, so basically he's a route driver. I mean, yeah. when you get to know the traffic on your route after a couple of weeks, it's fucking uh, easy peasy, dude. Right. It's like, bam, bam, bam. All right. Fucking route's done. Yeah. You'll know, you know exactly how much time you have to hang out and bullshit at your stops. Right. Yeah. So that's what I say. We put it in the fucking group chat that the next podcast is his, it's his top 10 and it's uh draft busts. Yeah. Yeah. With I, that I agree. Said, with that being said, are we going to limit it to just the NFL or can we do like, NBA draft busts. I think he's just going to assume that it's football. Okay, that's fine. And but I mean, I wouldn't mind throwing in like NBA the, honorable uh, mentions or you know baseball honorable mentions and stuff like that. I think that would be interesting. Or chosen above Jordan. Oh, dude. Oh, dude. Either one of them stayed in the league more than five years. Sad, sad day. Right. Uh, but I, so it's out there. Like if he wants to do all football, he can do all football. What do we, what is the criteria for being a bust? Um, I think there has to be a requirement that, um, they are above, they're paid above or well above whatever, like the league average happens to be at the time. Okay. Like their, their salary has to be just fucking bananas. Or like they were like they're the caliber of their, of who they are. They should have been chosen in like the later rounds. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe something like that. But again, like it's, it's a draft bust. So they're being projected. Okay. So So, right they're they're being projected high. So that means they're, they're probably like, you know, so setting, is, setting records in college or winning championships right, right. in college or something like that. You know what I mean? 
What's that fucking quarterback the Raiders took and tried to hold Al Davis for fucking more money and Al Davis? Oh, just, the guy that was drinking purple drink that could throw right. the ball like 90 yards? The guy had a fucking cannon. Cannon for an arm. Al Davis fucking loved it. And he tried to hold up Al Davis for more money. He tried to sit out because he didn't, he wanted more money from Al Davis. And Al Davis went, I'm Al fucking Davis. And held on to his fucking contract for a year and forced him to fucking eat, eat less than he was originally offering him. Jamarcus Russell. Jamarcus Russell. Dude, dude, he, dude, he had $61 million contract. 32 of it was guaranteed. Right. But, and he wanted more. He wanted more guaranteed money and Al Davis wasn't going to give it to him. Right. Okay. So here, let's just, let's just take Jamarcus Russell as like a, as just like a, a quintessential example. Cause I'm sure he'll be on the list. Oh yeah. If it's Joey's list, he's going to pick, he's going to pick Jamarcus Russell. So we kind of already know this, but okay. Let's look at it this way. He only plays for three seasons. Okay. Right. So maybe like one of the things about a draft bust is that they never make it out of their first contract. Back at that. And so that's what I'm saying. Like, what are our criteria? Like they, he was the MVP of the 27 sugar bowl. Right. So he has a, right. he has a good college career that gives him the hype. So I think that's probably like something that we're looking for. I don't know if, it, I don't know if these are all like requirements per se, but it's, criteria to rate on for sure um uh, i mean he had he had great physical attributes right he was super tall he's a yeah, big guy six, four, he had like, a, he had a four, great he had a great 40 he ran a four six as a quarterback yeah which i mean nowadays that's kind of but this was what was that kind of expected 2000s? but this was 2007 okay so mid 2000s um let's see his freshman year of of high school he throws for 2600 yards and 20 touchdowns jesus so i mean like he was a phenom from day one right he, he's a blue chipper all the way right so maybe maybe like we're looking at um you know stats or something in college right he throws for um he throws 62 percent uh 6600 yards 52 touchdowns 20 interceptions uh you know he's winning awards in college so again i think these are the kinds of things Wasn't that we're looking for too Wasn't oh he a heisman candidate i think so i think you're right i think he was i remember off the top of my head um but like, I mean, there's so many attributes. Here's, here, here's yeah. one of the things that I think would be interesting too. If a team trades up to pick you. Right. What's, what's the running back that retired to smoke pot? Fucking uh, Miami. Uh, when Didka was running Miami. He fucking oh. For like five years. Yeah, 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 yeah. He had a brother that played too. Oh my goodness. Uh, Ricky. Fuck. What was his last name? I can't think of him, but somebody like that, like it's going to bug you. Hold on. Ricky Williams. That's right. He played for a long time, man. He did. 
after he comes back after because he retires like year three. Okay, no, so he so he retires in two thousand four because of injuries, and and also because he had a fucking year long suspension in two thousand and six. Right. When did when was he drafted? Uh, Ricky Williams highlights. Yet to yet to yet to. Oh no, this is like a. No no no! I don't want to read a fucking. Ricky Williams. Let's see here. Um, eleven seasons. Jesus. Right, he ends up playing eleven seasons, but. He fucking like two or th- inside his rookie contract. 90, 98. Did... 98 so he... was his first year. So 98 is his rookie season. Yeah. And then he retires when? 2004. So he's just outside of his rookie contract. Yeah. I mean, Ricky Williams is is in no way a, a draft bust. I mean, this guy was a really great court, or a really great running back. He kind of was like he was. The problem was Miami fucking blew. Well, it's not only that, but Didka gave up so much to get him. That's true. Didka goes on national TV and is like, "I'll give away our first four picks, our first four round picks to get this kid. He's that. He like." And of course, whoever the number one team was like, we'll take it. Right. And fucked Miami for the next five years. Oh, I, I see it. So he retires in 2004 from right. injuries and suspension. Then he rejoins the Dolphins in 2007, plays with them for two years, then plays for Baltimore in 2011. Right. So that's what I'm saying. Like, his career was a bust. No, he no, he really wasn't. He was not worth what Miami gave up to get him. But that doesn't make him a bust. That just means he's overvalued. Okay. So again, that's I'm just so this is where we need that criteria. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I see what you're saying. Because I know he played more than. I mean, dude, like, he's he's got he's got ten thousand yards. He's got sixty six touchdowns. Uh, he's all pro. Uh, he's been to a Pro Bowl. He's got a Heisman. A Pro Bowl? Yeah, 2002. Right, no, no. A Pro Bowl. Yes. Not multiple Pro Bowls. No. A Pro Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, his first team All-Pro 2002, Pro Bowl 2002, and he led the NFL in rushing yards in 2002. Right. And that was that. So that was the last year of his rookie contract. Was the best year he's ever had in his football career. Right, and then gets his gets his fucking his up to deal, and then retires a year later. Yeah. So that he can go smoke pot. Well, that's literally what he said. The NFL won't let me smoke marijuana. I'm retiring. Well, okay, hold on a second. So, I mean, now we're getting into like, 
Like that is the caliber of running back that was Ricky Williams. No, I mean, we're talking about running backs. They get their fucking asses kicked all the time. They get beat up. They get hurt. I get it. If, if, if as a, if as a player, you're looking at the, you're looking at it and you're going either I can smoke a little weed and have have a have a mild physical addiction to pot that I could probably kick at any time that I really wanted to. Right? It's it's not it's it's a habit forming drug. It's not an addictive drug. Or I can let them shoot me full of fucking morphine or I can take oxycotton from the team doctor right. that they will legalize but will definitely ruin my life and ruin my career. Right. That it's like if you can find the if you can find the press conference, he doesn't state any of that. He literally fucking says the NFL won't let me smoke marijuana, and I'm retiring. I'm going to go move to Jamaica and smoke. <laughs> and then he was back in like two years. But as I mean, you know, and that's why the NFL needs to change their stance on marijuana. You know, when you have stars like. Rob Gronkowski is coming out and like, Hey, the ability to take marijuana to help my body heal is the only reason I am able to even fucking walk right now. Well, I mean, I think their restrictions on marijuana also include restrictions on CBD. Right. Which is stupid. I mean, it's silly, you know, it's, it's an anti-inflammatory agent. It doesn't, right. even, it doesn't even have any psychoactive effects. Yeah, there's there. Well, and then again, marijuana should have never been classified as uh, the way it was. It's not a narcotic. Yeah, I mean, it again, so we're, we're kind of getting into like the politics of right. the game, which is, you know, convoluted and messy. All in all, I think Ricky Williams is a decent test case of like he's on the cusp of being bust worthy, but he's, I would classify him as being overrated. Oh, for sure. Like, and again, it had Miami not fucking given away the farm. Maybe they could have. Right. Right. He was way overrated for what Miami wanted for him. Right. I mean, it's, it, it's a running back, dude. You don't, you don't dump. You don't dump. You, you don't, don't dump, dump the away. future of your team into a fucking running back. You dump the future of your team into you know, um, a linebacker or QB. Even a wide receiver. Well, I mean, the problem with wide receivers is that, again, there there are so many of them. (laughs) You know, you could, you could, uh, you could money ball your wide receivers and do really, really well. You know, you could, you could find three wide, three wide receivers that give you the, statistical outcome of one and, you know, save yourself millions and millions of dollars. Unless that wide receiver, like Jerry Rice or Devontae Adams. Yeah. Right. That's the thing. Generational wide receiver. Like, right. You're the, the skill that though, like wide receivers of that caliber have far outseed the money that, you know, that they're being paid. Yeah, man, you don't get a uh, you don't get a Randy Moss every year. 
No. You know, they don't come around a whole lot. The problem is, is Randy Moss fucking nuked locker rooms. That's true, but... And that was, like, that's why everybody would fucking pick him up. And like, oh, yeah, like, Randy Moss, blah, blah, blah. And then he was gone within two seasons. Hey, man. destroying the locker room. Hey, man, you want to act like a mercenary, you'll get fucking paid like one. Right. But, okay, so uh, we just got to text Joey and let him know that he's on the hook for the next podcast. Yeah. Um, I guess, what would it be? Uh, and uh, next uh, so next weekend, because I'm I'm gonna be busy on the first. I'm gonna be busy that following. So yeah, if if he's free, let's do it. Well, yeah, and my that the weekend of the first, my weekend's packed. Like we have pit passes for um, Monster Jam, so right. All right, Dad, let's close the show out. All righty. All right, everybody. See ya. Love you, Dad. Bye. Love you too, boy. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode of Triple T. Please like, share, subscribe, and leave us a five-star rating wherever you listen to Top 10 Talks. Make sure to tune in next time for another one of our lists from all of us here at Top 10. Thank you once more. And remember... Stay beautiful. Hear ye, hear ye. I give it a, uh, a 10. A tan! A fucking tan!